0: Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show on this Monday. A little bit of a rainy Monday. That's okay. Good to have you back. Continuing on this hour brought to you by our friends at Pella Winners and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella, they have uh, no interest until 2029. You've got to see how to uh, how to get that. Go to PellaWI.com. We'll talk more about it coming up here in just a little bit. 877-867-1670. 877 877- 867 1670 again 877 you can find us and uh, give us a shout. The uh the the pack over the weekend what did I learn? What did I learn? I learned that the Packers do- I, I I've said it for years that there, there's just a, a different level of tenacity at times. The defense started playing well better towards the end of uh towards the end of the season and they started playing with that verve and such. It just it didn't pan out in some of the some of the more needy moments, and the offense was pretty much inept uh, all season long. There wasn't uh, – I, I don't know how to put it, uh, and this is from Theo. Theo says, have you ever noticed the offense pretty much has the same demeanor of Aaron Rodgers? Walk around, always look angry, don't look like anything's satisfying, don't look like they're together, like they're all afraid to talk to each other and or afraid to talk to Rodgers. I think Rogers is the problem. As good as he is talent wise, I think his attitude sucks. That's from Theo. Theo appreciate the email. Um I boy, that's a great question. I, I you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's running all over the place and he's doing things and and he can fire up his group. Justin Fields does the same thing. Then there's like, you know, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. And he's just a he's he's just a, a hard nosed grunt. Joe Burrow is, you know, Josh Allen, kind of the same thing. I mean, they're not real outspoken. Patrick Mahomes is a different personality. It's a more energizing personality, you know. Um, but I don't see a lot of quarterbacks. You know, Brock Purdy is certainly different. You know, but then again, you're talking about a guy that was irrelevant, so to speak. Um, I mean, I I, I don't. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of that. I think it's too easy to say, "Well, Rogers isn't fired up enough, so therefore Rogers isn't that good." It's because of Rogers. I I think it, you you can probably say there's more to Rogers' game or lack thereof this season. But I also look at the shifts they had on the offensive line, the continuity issues. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent at the tight end position when it comes to pass catching. I think their offensive line did okay. When it came to run blocking this year, as a matter of fact, the identity of the team kind of shifted in the the latter portion of the year. But it's still not something that they're comfortable doing because they do like to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. So at times it looked like it was forced and they weren't. I mean, the play calling was just awful. Uh, this this latter portion of the season, it was just it was herky jerky. It was like once we're going to commit to the run, uh, oh yeah. By the way, we got to put the ball in Aaron's hands, and then we're going to go downfield, and and we're going to throw deep when we don't have to, but we're going to because we can. And it it just it, it was just it was just really off, you know, off. And they didn't do a lot to support the defense this year either. The offense, so. Things have to work in conjunction, but I also, like I said at, at the beginning of the show, I am a huge believer in you have to win consistently in the trenches, and I just simply don't think they did that. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's get back to the t- uh, phone calls. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Hay. Mike, how you doing, man? What's going on?
1: Hey, how you doing, Bill, on this uh, Monday?
0: I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. What's up?
1: Well, well you don't have to shovel rain anyway.
0: Uh, All right? You know, I know. Thanks exactly. For
1: my, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll tell you something. It's not a knee jerk reaction that we need to look at as far as plugging holes here and there with the Packers. I think uh, a couple of things. Well, first of all, you know, that Vikings game that we saw, I'm going to preface all this stuff with this. It's like, yeah, the Vikings won the central or the North, I should say. And, and at home, they're one and done. Town's really familiar. Doesn't it? The Packers mm-hmm. last few years have had a really good record and they're one and done. I think the problem with the Packers is that, first of all, I don't think LaFour should be calling the, the play as an offense anymore because he's not using the, the correct judgment in the, the, the certain situation that they've uh, been faced with. All I right. think a lot of the players, they underperformed. I don't think uh, they're not disciplined enough. And, you know, it's a mental game. I mean, look at all these games, Bill, that the, the Packers shot themselves in the foot, you know, with the interceptions. Um, Fumbles, lack of third down um, conversions, and then the red zone, they were horrible. They used to be in the top third, probably in the bottom third. Now, they, you know, always coming away with three points instead of seven. Um, so I would say the offense just has to be more um, consistent and frequent with how they operated before. They were so, they were so good. On defense, the, I think overall the rookies played really well. They just got to play more Together, they just need you know a little more um, time under their belts. Special teams, that was their Achilles heel the last few years. They did a lot better there. So let's not do the knee-jerk reaction. Let's let's get somebody else calling the play as an offense. Um, make sure Rodgers goes to the OTAs. Because, look, after 30 years, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, two Super Bowls, and what? Two Divas. That's pretty much it for 30 years. And I think that... Mm-hmm. Rodgers is so much older now, and you know what? You're, you're, you were right uh, in saying what you did last week. You've got to go more on what he's able to do with his experience and his knowledge, rather than trying to put the whole team on his back like he did when he when he won the Super Bowl. So I think there are only a few player players away on all three phases of the game. Bill, uh, great show today, and uh, thank you very much for taking my call again.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Thanks so much. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670, if you want to find us, do it. Uh, Dwayne says, uh, hey, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers has to take more blame than he's willing to. He has to understand what his limitations are and what he can and cannot do. I think it's also Matt LaFleur in the play calling that is giving Aaron Rodgers carte blanche to basically do what he wants. Now, I, I see, I don't necessarily agree with that. First of all, we don't know behind closed doors totally. But what we've heard publicly and what we've heard you know, as the eyes and ears so much, or so to speak, have, you know, credentialed behind closed doors, is that Matt LaFleur is calling the plays. Make no mistake about it. Now, you get an either-or. It's not like he has carte blanche to run anything. You get an either-or, unless, of course, those plays are well, well, well guarded, and you just know they're not going to work. Then you can change things up. But I, I think that... And I said it before. I think that there has been this level of, well, let's just call it what it is. I think there is this level of ass kissing that's gone on from the head coach to the quarterback to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And I think it has, because it's just it's not the it's not the functionality that's the same. You and I know it. A lot hasn't changed other than losing Devontae, and that's all they talked about. Devontae this, Devontae that. And My whole question is if it's all about Devontae. Okay, let's 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 be real here. Here we go. If it's all about the loss of Devontae, then they should have given Devontae 50 million and let Aaron Rodgers go. There I said it. You know, the question always was, is, is it Joe Montana or Jerry Rice? Well, they kind of made each other. Right. We saw Devontae numbers wise, he had a pretty good season that on a really bad football team but if it's all about Devontae and 95 or 85 or whatever percent of the offense was going to run through Devontae and they needed Devontae to do this and Devontae to do that and Devonte to take the lid off and Devonte to open things up and Devontae to move the safeties Devontae to be in one-on-one with over-the-top coverage and Devontae to open up the middle of the, you know if it was all about the Devontae should have got 50 million dollars a year and the quarterback should have been let go. Because Gutekinds used Devontae's name three or four times in his post-presser. We heard Matt LaFleur numerous times throughout the year use Devontae, and Aaron Rodgers talked about Devontae. This wasn't like a guy went on and we just have to figure it out. This was like a death, like the morning of a death. Oh, my God, he's not here. Oh, and then Christian Watson gave you a glimpse. We always knew knew he wasn't ever going to be Devontae, not in his first year. So let's keep it real. Right? That's all they kept talking about. Well, without Devontae, well, yeah, he was a, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a wide receiver. But in Kansas City, you, you, now, I didn't listen to every Kansas City Chiefs, you know, presser, but in Kansas City, you didn't hear the bemoaning of Tariq Hill week in and week out. No, not at all. What you saw was a a team that basically went out and got the job done, right? They they just went and got it done. (laughs) What do you want to say? Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,250 yards. There was nobody even close to him, and he lost Tariq Hill. Now, he's still got good weapons around him, so to speak, with – with the, uh, the tight end position specifically that he has, right? You got Travis Kelsey. You got something going on over there. But you had Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster. They took a flyer on him. McCole uh, Hardman, Sky Moore. I'm, I'm missing a couple. I can't remember. They picked up uh, somebody from the Giants. I Tony. Too.
2: Kadarius Tony. Uh, oh, that's right. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius, but a bunch Tony. of them were banged up all season, too. It, right.
0: Right. They had Justin Watson sti- out there. Right. And he still threw for 5,200 yards. And, and by the way, the next highest uh, when it came to yardage was Justin Herbert this year, who threw for 4,739 yards. 500, 511 yards more Patrick Mahomes threw for. So I don't want to hear this thing about, oh, my God, uh, oh, Devontae. Uh, uh, wah, wah, wah. Stop it. You acted like he died. Devontae wanted out. Maybe it's just that's the difference, how good a quarterback and head coach calling plays are together. And Eric Bieniemy deserves a lot of credit. We talk about Andy Reid all the time, but Eric Bieniemy calling the plays. But maybe that's just how good Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are versus Matt LaFleur and the aging Aaron Rodgers. Call it what it is. Be honest about it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Maybe I'm wrong. But let me let me back up here for a second. I'm not killing Aaron Rodgers. What I'm saying is you got to just use things differently. You got to look differently. I, I still think Rodgers gives you the best chance to win. I, I'll stand by that. But some of the things that they did, some of the play calls they had were just inexplicable. And by the way, uh, I remember last week uh, when I was talking about shotgun. I was watching and listening to uh, Pack Fan over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Said watch it this weekend. Uh, I did watch. I did watch at times where plays that were called were run out of shotgun, especially in goal to go situations that failed continuously. And I did watch Joe Burrow under center. I did watch Josh Allen under center. I did watch um, Daniel Jones under center. I watched the teams that, that they were under center more than not. Now, moving the football back and forth between the 20s, it was kind of a 50-50 type of mix. But I watched those guys under center more. And more play calling where they were trying to open up the middle. They were trying to throw you know eight, nine-yard outs across the middle, crossing patterns. Or... You know, get guys open just on the outside. Get it to their players and let their players do something with it. Break a tackle. Make a move. Rather than just downfield. I don't think we saw too many downfield shots the entire weekend, did we? Ben, do you recall a whole bunch of downfield shots over the weekend? It was game to game. Uh, the, yeah, Bills, it was, it, the Bills went nuts. They
2: were trying to hit on everything. But right. the, the Ravens obviously did not because who they had a
0: quarterback. I, I just, I... I Right, the Ravens didn't. They uh, the only time they really threw anything more than twenty yards downfield was when they were trying to win the ball game, and that still almost succeeded, or at least tie it up, I should say. But you didn't see a lot of downfield shots, even out of the Vikings, who have one of the better downfield pass catchers in Justin Jefferson. You didn't see a lot of that. I think that also could be a a defense like the
2: Giants, and yes, they're aggressive, but defenses across the league are are sagging back. They're
0: not; they're doing anything to not allow those plays. They're not allowing those plays, and we saw pressure yesterday. We saw four- and five-man rush consistently, consistently yesterday. Didn't see a whole lot of just three-man rush up front, and you didn't see a whole lot of one-down linemen and just a bunch of outside backers. What you saw was three- and four-man fronts, and every now and they'd bring five. Sometimes they'd bring six, but it was basically four-man rush and getting home. And that's another aspect of what I was saying before is the offensive line needs to be better. They need to be better. Because, you know, Rogers still gets rid of the ball, but he doesn't do it as, say Brady as quickly as Brady does on a consistent basis. The only other guy that couldn't get downfield was because he was under siege was Joe Burrow last night watching that game. That offensive line couldn't keep him upright. And I thought had... Uh, quite frankly had baltimore tied it up i think baltimore wins that game cuz to that point uh, the two three long drives by baltimore cincinnati's team, cincinnati's d couldn't get off the field until they uh, got them to commit a turnover Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670, hit us up. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more on the Bill Michael Show again. Friends of Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. All you got to do is check it out. Go to PellaWI.com. Get some of the best windows and doors that are on the market and the chosen choice, the chosen one by many of the homeowners, the majority of the homeowners here in the state of Wisconsin, they go to Pella because they know the value, they know the quality, but more so, they also know it's going to add a lot of value to their home, to their home. The economical factor to their homes, you know, also a big portion of this, but the operability, which uh, the ease of operation is fantastic, whether it's your doors, whether it's your windows, different uh, types of interiors, exteriors, roll screens, slider windows. They have so many different innovations. They're fantastic. But right now, through the end of the month, and you can get that in-home consultation all uh, dialed in, faux free by the way, right now, you can get financing, should you decide to go with Pella, through 2029. Yeah. Yeah. No interest finance. Good stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-Pella-WI. That's 855-Pella-WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show
1: next. Covering Wisconsin
0: sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. our friends skipper buds over at the boat show boat show going on right now and or coming i should say and uh over at the wisconsin expo center and uh, don't forget to check out our friends at skipper buds skipper buds they have uh, a big inventory whether you're looking for new or used or pontoons even yachts they've got everything so uh make 2023 the year of getting out on the water that's with our friends at skipper buds 877-867-1670 877-867 Sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Please feel free. Uh, go ahead and do so. Uh, complicated fella says uh, the uh, Packers need a safety, tight end, defensive end, a uh, another nose guard. Uh, which you don't need a nose guard. You got Kenny Clark. What you need is an additional defensive lineman that's uh, alongside Devontae Wyatt. Even Jeron Reed need a center. Um, boy, people are coming down on the center. Josh Meyer did not have a great year, but I'm not ready to throw Josh Meyer out the window. I think Josh Meyer is still still a really solid player. Um That's I am I'm, I'm not that's not one of my areas of major concern right now. I still believe you win in the trenches, don't get me wrong, but uh I'm I think it's more one is consistency is a full off season of just resting and taking it easy for David Bakhtiari in the knee. Elton Jenkins is a year, going to be a year better, coming back after that knee injury. Obviously, Josh Meyer, John Runyon. I think they found somebody in John Runyon, which has been really solid. And Zach Tom, if Zach Tom really kind of morphs into that starting right tackle, or you still have the backup of Yash Nyman, Sean Ryan, uh, when he comes back from the PED thing, although as he's got the jinx of being a third-round draft choice on him for the Green Bay Packers. It's, it's the third-round jinx now. That's what we're looking at is third-round jinx. Because you get drafted in the third round by the Packers, you, you, you might not even have a career. It's just that it's that bad for where they've been. Um, so anyway, long story short is I think they need a tight end. I think they need additional weapons on the outside. Uh, another running back might not be a bad way to go uh, into the mix just to be safe. Uh, but I think you can never have too many good pass rushers and in the trenches, and I think defensively speaking, I, I know people want to see them go heavy offense, and I do to a certain extent, but I think you need a veteran or two in that room uh, offensively. So it, to me, it's probably go out and find somebody. And don't just – I know you don't have a ton of money to spend. I know that money's going to be an issue. Uh, but you you have got to go get somebody of at least decent ilk – Inside that wide receiver room. just Not because you're desperate for talent, but just because you need another voice. If you don't bring back Randall Cobb, and Lazard seems to be resigned to the fact that he's not coming back. If you don't have that, you need another guy that's a go-to guy. That's a go-to guy. Not, not a, that, that could rival, say, what Christian Watson has. And I'm not saying you got to find a Tariq Hill or Javante Adams type of wide receiver. It would be great if you did. But you've got to find another guy. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, Dick says my top five wish list for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he said that's uh, he says that's if they bring back Mason Crosby, take kicker off the list. Although I think there's some good kickers coming out of college this season, which actually there are. Uh, he said I would take a tight end first, wide receiver second. He said, I would take another down defensive lineman third, safety fourth, outside pass rusher fifth. Dick, appreciate the email. 877-867-1670. This is from Patrick who says, uh, what I saw over the weekend and what I saw with the Green Bay Packers are teams that fight and scrap and try to win where the Green Bay Packers at the end tried to lay down. They don't have it in them and their play caller is certainly not... Oh, okay. He said He's certainly not Doug Peterson. No, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, Justin says the number one issue with his team is the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry and the fact that everybody feels safe because Matt LaFleur is the head coach. Matt LaFleur is not firing anybody. His own play calling is – I can't read that – uh, and then Joe Barry st- stayed around because guys decided to play at the end of the season, so they, in essence, kept his job. I wish the defense would have completely failed. This team would have lost the last few games, and Joe Barry would be out so we can at least start from scratch. That's from Justin. 877 um, 867 if you want to give us a shout, do it. Um, Jerry says, so now people drafted in the third round don't have a future in the NFL. Stupid-ass comment. Uh, Jerry, you don't listen and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Why don't you try calling a program and going toe-to-toe with me? It's not a stupid-ass comment. I said if you're a Green Bay Packer and you're drafted in the third round, you don't have much of a future. Sean Ryan, PEDs. Amari Rodgers, gone. Josiah Aguara, not really very, in- kind of inept. Jay Sternberger, gone. Oren Burks, gone. Montrevious Adams, Gone. Kyler Fackrell, Ty Montgomery. At least he had some sustainability. Uh, Richard Rogers, nothing. No draft in year uh, 2013. Um, let's see here. Alex Green was he a staple? Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, let's see here. JerMichael Finley was your was the, you've got put it this way, Jerry. Let me give you a little statistic. Since, uh, what I say, since 1992, two third-round draft choices have stuck with the team. So there's your ignorance. Two. That's it. Abdul Hodge. Abdul Hodge was a third-round draft choice. There was B.J. Sander, Donnell Washington. Third-round draft choice. Kenny Peterson, third-round draft choice. Marcus Anderson, he was here for a cup of coffee as a third-round draft choice. Bao Ju, Torrance Marshall. There you go. That's it. Not a whole lot there. Just an FYI, but that's what I said. Jermichael Finley uh, was pretty solid. James Jones. James Jones was a third-round draft choice, too. Aaron Rouse was after him. So that's it. Like three guys in 25, 30 years as third-round draft choices. There's your facts there, Jerry. Feel good about yourself? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Jason says, um, I think the Packers need to trade down in the draft. Uh, trading up is not going to get us anything. We're sitting at number 15 right now. Uh, If you trade down, you get a couple of pieces. Maybe just more guys give you a better shot at hitting the target. I... I... I, You know what? It's a circumstance. I don't want to say yes or no to that. I'm kind of just tired of the trade down. I'd rather see them trade up... Get a couple of guys that they really feel are going to matter, you know? Uh, Kale says, would you say James Jones was the most successful third-round draft choice of the names you just read? Yeah, absolutely. James Jones and Jermichael Finley. You could even say Morgan Burnett was good, but he was never great. Jermichael Finley obviously really started to play well, and then he went down with a neck injury. James Jones had a really solid career here, no doubt. No doubt. But, uh, yes, you're right, Kale. You are you are 100%. Uh, Levon says, uh, no way I'd bring Rodgers back. It's time for Jordan Love. Give him a shot. At least then you know what you have, and you're only going to suffer one year in salary cap jail. If you bring Rodgers back and start kicking more of these salaries further on in their career, you're going to strap this team for years to come. Well, But your biggest cash strap would be Rodgers overall. Uh, Jerry says, let's be honest, it's the coaching staff. They don't have it in them to go for the jugular. And Matt LaFleur's play calling is predictable. That's from Jerry. Uh, And this one's from John, J-A-W-N. John says, what I saw this weekend with teams... That were winning was tenacity. Packers don't have it. John, thanks for the email.
2: Oh, Bill, you know what J A W N means? What's that? It's a, it's a Philadelphia slang term for person, place, or thing. Really? Yeah. No idea. I never knew that. It's, it, it's used as, you know, like, instead of, you know, that thing over there, you say, oh, that John. It really doesn't make <laughs> much sense. But that's okay. hence the spelling. That's the name. all right, man. Yeah,
0: there you go. I, I never knew that. So this is the this is part of the uh, Ben Kenny nomenclature, I guess. Right? It's a very
2: significant word, but you know, one that I probably left behind when I yeah. moved across state lines. Gotcha. It, it's one that you can find that. In, in most sentences.
0: We are all walking away smarter today from this program. If we ever visit the East Coast, I'm happy about that. I'm with you, man. Uh, I never heard that before, but, I, yeah, J-A-W-N. Maybe somebody from the East Coast are the ones that are emailing now. They're listening because of. Uh, you probably haven't heard it because you surround yourself with better people than me, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, by the way, Fan says something he's never seen written or a composite article of why the third-round draft picks fail in Green Bay – and how do they stack up against other teams, third-round draft choice, success, and failure? That's a great question. Don't know. So if any of our uh, writer friends are out there, maybe you want to delve into that. That's a that's a great question. I, I don't know. Have to go back and look. We would have to pull up, what is it, uh, Um, like Pro Football Reference has really good top-to-bottom draft uh, year-by-year picks, and they even highlight uh, – certain picks for uh, either one, still being in the in the league, or two, prolificness, so to speak. So uh, that might not be a bad way to go. Maybe pro football reference would do something like that when you stack it up against other teams. But, yeah, when you talk about that length of time and third-round draft tra- choice after third-round draft choice just never really pans out, That's that's – yeah, that's – that's uh, that's kind of an indictment there, isn't it? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Let us know what you got going on. Lux Golf Bays down in Franklin. L-U-X-E. Go to luxgolfbays.com. Uh, Stan, I, I, like I said, whenever you use one of our, our sponsors in some way, shape, or form, or you visit there, always want to hear about it. Always want to know. Stan said, went there over the weekend. What a great place. It wasn't too cold out, and the heaters were almost blasting. Almost had to wear a T-shirt. My game still sucks, but I had a great time. Took a bunch of friends with me, and the games on the TV. Obviously, uh, he talks about. It, and I don't want to go into all of that, uh, but it was it was all it was a great experience. He said uh, had a few beverages, swung the clubs, got out. I feel great. There you go. Lux Golf Base, located in Franklin, Wisconsin. LuxGolfBase.com, L U X E. If you haven't seen them, man, they're beautiful. Go to LuxLUXEGolfBase.com. dot That's LuxGolfBase.com. dot com. More on the Bill Michael Show next. want to hear this. You're going to want to hear this. Just hang in there. I'll get it to you here in just a second. Just hang in there. Hey, by the way, uh, some of the events coming to the ICHC, the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center. They have got uh, Cassie and Maggie coming up uh, February 26th. They've got some concerts. Shane Hennessy on Saturday, February 11th uh, there. Uh, they got some really good stuff happening. So if you want to see Shane Hennessy. Uh, he's an Irish, uh, kind of an Irish virtuoso guitarist, and uh, he's really popular. The Drowsy Lads are coming, critically acclaimed Irish American folk powerhouse. The Drowsy Lads, they're going to be there, and then uh, Cassie and Maggie are going to be there. Uh, so the, you got a lot of entertainment value coming up. Uh, if you want to go check out some really good, entertaining stuff via the uh, ICHC, all new website too. Just completely upgraded everything. If you're looking for, say, a meeting hall, if you're looking for a wedding reception, uh, if you want the hall to get married in, you can do that. They do the whole package there. It's beautiful, old, eclectic place. Check it out, the ICHC.net, ICHC.net, and uh, you can find them all right there uh, on Wisconsin Avenue. Uh, 2133 West Wisconsin Avenue, as a matter of fact. Call my friend Corey. For tickets, hall availability, rental space, whatever it is you need, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Call Corey. Tell him we said hi, but uh, 414-345-8800 to to rent a hall, to rent the space, to rent for a wedding, uh, reception, whatever it happens to be, or to donate, for that matter. If you want to keep the ICHC up and running, that's ICHC.net. That's ICHC. Dot .net. There you go. Uh let's do this. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. It's not dramatic. Okay? It's not screaming and ranting and 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 such as we've heard in the past. But this is and, and I got a question for you coming up after this. Okay? But this is as we sat and watched yesterday the demise of the season of the Minnesota Vikings. Take a listen.
3: Three receivers left, to right, Giants rush four. Kirk, straight drop, Pats it, fires K.J. Incomplete at the 38 of the Giants, and uh, K.J. had an opportunity to bring it in, but that right there, Cordell Flott, a rookie from LSU, that is cold-blooded coverage by Flott. Yeah, nice job by Flott covering the crosser, and he doesn't look back. He just keeps on going and gets that arm in there just as the ball was getting there. You know, got the arm across the body of, of, of K.J. Osborne and couldn't get his hands up to catch that football. So here it is. Here it is. Biggest play in the season right here, right, Well, It's the entire season. Fourth and eight from the Vikings, 48. If they don't get a first down, the New York Giants win the game. Takes the snap. Thibodeau blitzes. Kirk throws right. Quad Hawkinson shy of the first down, and he stopped at the Giants 49. And uh, the New York Giants are heading to Philadelphia for the divisional round of the postseason, having beaten the Minnesota Vikings 31 24. I mean, that whole operation there, Hawkinson, like 235 yards in two games against the Giants. But uh, that whole operation there, man, that, I mean, that was just super short. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, and we caught a break as Slayton drops.
0: It should have. Been. There you go. That was it. There was nothing spectacular. It was just the demise. Nothing spectacular. Nothing screaming. It was... Uh, and I said I was. We we were down in Nice Ash last night watching a game, and I said at the time to the people that we were watching it with, "How how do you throw a three yard pass, especially to a guy that's covered? You know, uh, now everybody else downfield could have been covered, I guess, but you got to take a shot at getting the first down, right? Now here's the question. Here's the question. And this was brought up to me by a Vikings fan, and I had to pause for a minute. Okay. A friend of mine who's a Vikings fan. So the Vikings won the North, and there was a lot of gloating. You and I know it. You and I felt it. They they beat the hell out of the Packers in Game 1. The Packers beat the hell out of them in Game 2. But rightfully so, they won the North. Right? Without question. Okay. As a matter of fact, the Packers didn't even come in second. They came in third. All right? So they win, and you start to hear from Vikings fans. And the Packers fan comeback is always, let me check your, your trophy case. And for 50-plus years, you, have, uh, you hate the Packers so much, you have refused to win a Lombardi. Okay. So now that the Vikings lose, and we kind of saw this coming, right? Now that the Vikings lose and they're done, Should we be, as fans, kind of going, there you go. Your Super Bowl was week one. Your Super Bowl was week one. We said it at the time, and Vikings fans got pissed. Your Super Bowl was week one. Coming out the way you did, and you won it. 100%. Kudos to you. But I've said it before. I'll say it again. First of all, Kirk Cousins, in his entire career, has one playoff win. One. Keep that in mind. They keep paying them. But should Packers fans, you know, do you now sit back with your arms folded and just be quiet and kind of give them the eye? You know, kind of like, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Or now do you jump up on the pedestal and pontificate to the masses that as long as you remain completely adorned in purple, you're going to forever suffer the loss regardless of where you're at. That you have still yet to complete any vision of postseason wins. Just because to me... Uh, it was all of a sudden. Vikings fans became very quiet. The chirping was not was not. If I'm a Viking fan, I just continually bite my nails and say, "Maybe this is our year, boy. I hope we get a win." You know, hey, you guys played great. You know, hey, we got a win. I, you know, now we just need to see what they can do in the postseason. Because remember, at the beginning of the year, I said, "Look, I don't give two dams about the regular season. It's all about the postseason and getting to a Super Bowl, right?" Turns out, that's all we had to care about because the Packers weren't even good enough to get to the postseason. So I give the Vikings fans credit. But we all saw it coming. We all saw it coming. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Just ask that question. Bill, I, I think it needs to be noted here.
2: Ever since Vikings fans completely defaced the Rocky statue by putting a jersey on him, And did the skull chant from the top of the Rocky steps. Not one good thing has happened to their franchise.
0: No, not much. You're right about that. And I like the fact that you have never forgotten that. I mean, I like that. It's just just another thing to throw up there. Yeah, just another thing to throw up there. And point at and go, hey, here you go. Here you go. Remember this, guys. Yeah. When you have zero. I mean, zero. When you have dust. In your trophy case, you should never, ever point a finger until you get one. And then when you get one, you can finally say, hey, we're part of the club. We're part of the club. And even if you have only one, I don't care. You're still part of the club. Come on in. Just like Cincinnati Bengals fans. I, you know, I moved here and they're like, oh, you're a Packer fan now. You know, we're we're showing you. We're still here. Well, you haven't won anything. You made it to a Super Bowl. We all saw what was going to happen. We all knew it. Your offensive line sucked. You didn't win anything. This year, same thing. Your offensive line, now granted, you you did upgrade the offensive line, but it's decimated again by injuries. Your quarterback is under attack. He's not going to last very long if he continues to get beat up this way. You've made some really great moves, but I said the day I left that state, the day I left my house in Cincinnati, Ohio, I said, as long as Mike Brown owned this team, you will never, ever win a Super Bowl because you'll do just enough to be exciting. Now, Joe Burrow has certainly made a, a huge difference, Joe Burrow and Jamar, Jamar Chase. And they still have done their due diligence, and they've really surprised me in the money they've spent. So I give them a lot of credit. But don't don't, don't come at me like you've won some. You haven't won anything. You haven't won anything. You played really well last year. You've played well in every Super Bowl. You played well against San Francisco twice. You played well against the Rams last year. You you've you've played well. You've deserved to be there. I'll give you credit, but don't don't act like you're in the club cuz you're not in the club. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Now Here's Mike Clemens. The Packers had two players named to the AP All-Pro team, Keyshawn Nixon to the first team, and defensive back Jair Alexander to the second team. Nixon set records for having over 1,000 yards in kickoff returns after taking over the job in November and was asked if he thinks he'll be offered a contract from the Packers in the offseason. I don't know. I, I bet it on myself coming here, and then we'll see about that. I mean, I love Green Bay. I love it. Team atmosphere, but it's a business at the end of the day. Packers GM Brian Gudikins says his scouts had their eye on Nixon while he was still with the Raiders. You know, we kind of identified him in the middle of last season as a guy that, you know, as a nickel corner. You know, we were really excited about him as as that and, and knew he was a good teams player, good gunner, good cover guy. Um, obviously, none of us knew what kind of returner was going to come out of that, and that was uh, a pleasant surprise. And again, when the opportunity came, was just uh, really proud of how he, how he attacked it. And the Vikings' season came to an end after losing at home to the New York Giants 31 24. Quarterback Kirk Cousins coming under fire for throwing a three yard pass on a fourth and eight with the game on the line, but he says the play before was even more disappointing. Third and eight is the one that I want back. I feel like give man coverage, Bonnie more out front of KJ. You know, it was right on him in the sense that the DB was able to break it up. I feel like if the ball's out front, DB can't do that in man coverage. That's really the play that I want back as the third and eight. That's Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: our friends at boondocks barbecue burgers and brew they got a lot of good stuff going on right now they're growing they're going places Uh, you don't need to look far can you guess some of the exciting news that's coming up they uh i believe if i'm not mistaken they are going to be expanding yet again yeah i think they're going to be expanding yet again as a matter of fact so check out boondocks by the way they have uh dough pretzels they're stuffed pretzel bites And uh, uh, they're stuffed with nacho cheese and served with the house ranch uh, dressing. Uh, And, oh, my God, they have got some good stuff going on out there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. County Road K in Oconomowoc in uh, Stone Bank, to be exact. But uh, Oconomowoc is where you can find them. But County Road K, stop and tell Tom and Stacy and everybody, uh, you know, howdy. But you can follow them on Facebook as well. Boondocks BBQ and Brew. Boondocks BBQ and Brew. Find them over on Facebook. Uh, so coming up in the next couple of hours, we're going to continue on with this discussion, and I think it's warranted because you got a game coming up tonight. Dallas, the winner by, by the way tonight, uh, will end up uh, heading to San Francisco. And I'll, I'll tell you this: I, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, I still think the most talent overall is is Philadelphia. But you've got Kansas City, Philadelphia, and San Francisco are my top three teams. And I really thought uh, Buffalo was going to be right there. So unless they come back, they clean it up, they play an incredible game against Cincinnati, they get after Joe Burrow and such, which it should not be hard to do with that bad offensive line that they have. Uh, If if they play another real close one uh, up in Buffalo, eh, then I'm going to start to question the Bills. But I am anxious to see uh, Kansas City. I'm anxious to see Philadelphia. But I think San Francisco, they, uh, they started off slow. But after a while, man, they got it going. They got it going. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show is coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels
1: Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.